to live righteously. It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's episode number 404, which is an Articles of News episode. We're going to check in later this episode with uh, Nate Eaton from uh, the East Idaho News and get all the follow-up on the Daybell case, the latest about all that, and the follow-up from the big Dateline special this last Friday night. We're going to find out how Janae internet at her house is doing. Last Articles of News, it was terrible. And also, oh, well, let's just, let's just do this right now. When last we left you in an Articles of News, we thought, oh, oh my gosh, does Brother Kyle have COVID? COVID toes? You Co- had me convinced. COVID fingers and toes? That was legit in real time. Yeah. What you heard in the last episode of Articles of News. I've had several people, Kyle, they would never reach out for me. Several people who have reached out for you and said, how is he? I have no interest of having you be in the rest of this episode of Articles of News, because that's just okay. too much, Kyle. That's fine. Yeah. But I needed to know, how are you, sir? Was it, in fact, the coronavirus, COVID-19? Well, it was happening real time. As, as you and I were talking, you told me about COVID toes, and I laughed. And you said, no, it's real. I Google it. It's real. I had coincidentally just set up, as we were talking, a an appointment to be tested, because I had been picked randomly mm-hmm. uh, to get tested for COVID-19. So I, I thought, well, it's, that's tomorrow, so I'll, I'll wait. And I, I talked to my dermatologist and, and sent him a message, and he was at his cabin, evidently. And, of course. And, and drove down to a place where he could have a reception, and he called me, and I was not able to answer, and he was texting me, quick, call me right back, quick. He was like in a panic because he had given me a medication for this that would have not gone well with COVID-19. Oh, really? Yeah. So he so he said, have you started taking that yet? I said, I haven't. He said, OK, don't. I was talking to a buddy of mine up here, another dermatologist who said and had basically told him about COVID toes. Uh-huh. So he said, I think you're OK, but let's just make sure I'm going to order you a test. And I said, I already got one. I'm going tomorrow. So I went Friday. They stuck that uh, pole up my nose until they hit the back of my head. As you've experienced, mm-hmm. it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's not painful. It is. No, it hurts. Did you cry? No. But it, they said, okay, hold still. And all of a sudden, ah, and I'm making noises, you know, and then they pull it out and they go, that was really good. You're better than than anybody else is. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? They said, well, everybody jerks their head around and moves. And I said, well, you told me not to. And they said, yeah, but nobody ever listens to you. Yeah. So. Why would we listen to someone doing a medical <laughs> test? Why yeah. would we follow that guidance? Sure, sure. So that so I had quarantined myself. I didn't go near my son or anybody during this time. And that was actually his request, I understand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> so he, he was he was worried, and I tried to tell him not to worry. Sure. You know why? Because he listened to the articles of news where you can hear the sheer panic in your voice <laughs> yes. going, "Oh crap!" So and and the symptoms that I had with with COVID toes, which was no other symptoms as far as like a uh, no taste or smell, uh, flu like symptoms. It's a almost like a blister on your toes, which I had on my toes and mm-hmm. fingers, mm-hmm. like a blister rash thing, and it looked exactly like it. So it w- it was a valid point. They said there'll be seventy two hours before you get results. I thought, okay, I'll just stay away from everybody till Monday. Uh, Saturday, I got an email saying your a text saying your results are in. Go online and check. I went and checked, and sure enough. Negative. Oh, I, I know. So so we're glad to know that you don't have coronavirus. And certainly we've sort of had a light time with this uh, because I knew the results already. Uh, yeah. I know that there are people suffering from COVID-19 from the coronavirus. 
so I don't want to play that down at all. But what then is going on with your toes? Uh, I I forget the name of it. It's a I and I can't pronounce it. It's basically a skin. Con- as I've gotten older, honestly, my mm-hmm. skin is very dry. My eyes are dry. I'm I'm just a dry guy. Yeah, uh, and my sense of humor yeah. as well. No, oh, no. Listen, I hear honestly. it every week. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and so it, it's just a real bad reaction to the dry skin. Probably stress goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Where I had my desk at home, a heat vent was blowing on it. I keep my oh. home very cold. All these things just made this thing react badly, and everything we were trying was not helping it. Um, they put me on something now that is finally, uh, for the first time in four weeks, it's it's starting to fade. Mm-hmm. How, and how do we like that? Is that is that treating you well? Is it a cream? Is it a topical cream? Is it a pill? Well, we were on that, and it wasn't helping. Okay. Uh, okay. It was a steroid cream, real high intense one and then another cream on top of that but uh-huh. so they've got me on a uh, an oral medication and then at night i also uh, through the day i have to keep this stuff on yeah or applied um but at night i goop it on also and i have to wear gloves and socks to bed oh yeah stuff on, that is my is, very definition of hell yeah oh it's it's great yeah yeah Oh my gosh. And like when my alarm goes off in the morning on my phone and you know, you got to hit the button, you know, on your iPhone, <laughs> it doesn't recognize my finger. So I have to hit it with my nose. <laughs> the visual of this is priceless. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you're not dying. I'm glad to hear that you don't have coronavirus. I know several people here uh, that listen, sent emails, contacted the culturalhall.com and said, wait, but what about brother Kyle? Is he in fact okay? So. I'm glad to know that you are okay and, yep, that, uh, it, it, and that it seems, I mean, not that you're going to be great, that everything will turn out all right, because if I know anything about the rule of your life, it won't be, but, yeah, no. but I mean, it won't be this. Yeah. At, at least not today. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Cheers, everybody. Great to check in with uh, Brother Kyle. Joining me for the remainder of this Articles of News. All the way from someplace in Texas, his bunker, his Dr. Pepper bunker in Texas. It's my old uh, radio partner from back in the day, Dr. Russell Wild. Ah, it's good to be here and a medically trained professional, or at least what passes as one during the pandemic. Well, I mean, if you think about it, technically we are all our own doctors, lawyers, uh, you know, tax people. We're, we're all of the professions right now since we're being socially isolated. I like to think that I'm essential, at least to myself. Yeah. Well, and those kids, I mean, to the hundreds yeah. of uh, the hundreds of little ones that run around your home, you are essential to them. That's true. That's true. I, uh, I got to keep them on top. And it's been a fun week for uh, kids doing things that make you want to not have kids anymore. Like what? That, that doesn't work. All right. So I live on five acres. I, rub uh, rub I it have, in. I live on like a fifth of an acre. Which, which, um, when you have four kids and you're socially stuck in your house, um, having five acres has been um, a tender mercy. Is that what we call those? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been. Uh, it's been because what we do, we do this. The stupid. My kids in kindergarten, online school, which is a joke. So we do that joke, and we fight our kids to do these stupid worksheets, and then it's like we eat dinner, and then we go outside and romp around and do yard work on our acreage for the entire night and we've done that for like the last three weeks and so we've now built a trail system through our property and we have a garden and 
uh yeah it's been great do you guys have like but, do you guys have like trees and is it is it oh yeah yeah it's, oh wow yeah there's like it's uh i, I would call them woods okay. we have a section of woods there's definitely trees yeah no it's I, I i got a bike recently and i i can mountain bike through my yard it's kind of it's actually been great for i can't imagine being having four kids in an apartment or i can't imagine what the the folks in japan are doing in those tiny tiny spaces yeah the those pods those pods yeah. being quarantined we've, in one of those pods would be miserable we've been lucky that way but uh uh we also are the kind of parents that because we have so much space and don't really have neighbors and we just send the kids outside a lot <laughs> and so that that causes some problems but one, uh this week uh the boy the the just turned four boy uh-huh. uh he he started playing with a hose. Oh yeah, which is which is fine. You play with a hose and you turn the water on, and he, he got muddy. And he, when he came in, he was muddy, but it had rained the night before, so I just assumed he'd been in puddles. Oh no! And so uh, he didn't remember to turn the hose off. Oh no! Which is fine, except that we're on a well, uh, and oh. it's relatively <laughs> slow fill. We the water is pumped from the well into a tank, and then the tank into our house, and it fills adequately fast for normal usage but if you just leave a hose on it drains the tank uh-huh so he drained the tank and then it burned up a pump and so uh i got to use some of that stimulus money for a stupid thing a kid did <laughs> so i spent all day yesterday uh, uh i had water brought in which is fun and then i got a new pump because the pump burned up which to be fair the pump i'll have to send you a picture of it it's it, it was 20 years old uh-huh. and it was rusted to pieces. I've seen pictures from the Titanic where things look better than this pump did. Uh-huh. So to blame the pump dying on my son is would be like having someone with stage four cancer and uh, emphysema or whatever that also got COVID and died from like, yeah, they were right. I get it. The, the boy killed the pump, but the pump was on its last thread of life. So I, I couldn't be that mad, but I still spent a thousand dollars on the well yesterday. Now, when you're, uh, when you're looking at the pump, did that, did the old, um, like gold miner voice pop into your head? No, but that, uh, uh, violent femme song about throwing your kids in the well. (laughs) You know what I'm referencing, right? You must Uh, prime the pump the old church movie and it's like now oh, don't man na- no I, that, I missed that. i forgot na- that one now don't go drinking any first just prime the pump it's this nine minute film made by some student at byu in the early 70s where it's like oh yeah that pump will work just fine you pour all that water in and then oh oh she'll gush all right but don't go drinking any first just refill <laughs> the bottle and bury it again we, we did have to prime the pump, though. Yes. Yeah, and, and then the unfortunate, the lesson that you learn is this guy went for momentary satisfaction and drank the water in the desert ghost town from uh, the bottle instead of priming the pump. And so he didn't have faith, and he died in the middle of the desert. Well, at least the alligator didn't get him because he wasn't cupping the water. Yeah, well, you knew what he was when you picked him up. All right. Any anything else going on? There goes your stimulus money. I don't get yeah, that, one. I don't get that, one of those. So good for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, you get, you make too much money, huh? No, no, I don't think that's what it is. My wife got one. I got no sort of notice, and I got no sort of money. We haven't filed together, so okay. I don't know. Well, maybe you'll get a surprise in uh, May. Yeah, I filed for the uh, triple P. We'll see how that goes. Oh, good. That's 
That's exciting. Yeah, I tr- I got in on the first round of the Triple P, and they said, "Too bad, we gave all your money to Shake Shack and GM." So then they really they really need it. Yeah. So you know, then they gave their money back. I still didn't get any money. I went through one of these mass services that uh, sends all your information to all of the banks, so oh, okay. any of the banks could do my loan for the PPP, which is the uh, personal priesthood uh, Pinterview. I think is what that stands for. Pinterest um, page. Yeah, Pinterest page. Oh, that's the that's the quadruple P. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, it remains to be seen. That's, that's when the twelve-year-olds come talk to the eleven-year-olds in primary, right? <laughs> the quadruple p that the 12 year olds come in to tell the uh the 11 year olds what it's like to pass the sacrament don't get any older no because now the 11 year olds can pass the sacrament that's right they don't uh, now it's wow and and if you go 11 down to 10 then we're just then we're just messing with the system cats and dogs living together mass hysteria that's literally the only thing that i've been doing that uh and uh doing a lot of yard work yeah, no, see, the yard work has been a savior, right? Is your garden, your garden's producing. I saw some pictures of it this week. Yeah, salad. I had a whole salad from my garden boxes. Yeah, we've got some squash that are just about, I mean, they, I could pick them and eat them now. They're, I just want them to get bigger. Jeez, look at so, you, yeah. Texas. We we did it in a swimming pool. Oh, really? Classy. <laughs> no, uh, and like we, we did like race garden beds, kind of. Uh-huh. So I'm going to describe this because it's going to sound terrible. We stacked three pallets uh-huh. on top of each other. Sure. And then we, on top of that pallet, we put a kiddie pool. Okay, like uh, a plastic kiddie pool? A plastic pool? pink five-foot round pool uh-huh. on top of that and uh-huh. filled it full of soil and are growing uh, vegetables in it. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it just looks stupid. I mean, but it works. But you got no neighbors to judge you, so that's great. Right. The only the one that judges me is the deer. Yeah. And they aren't allowed to get near the garden because they'll eat it. And they straight up will, too. Let me ask you uh, one other thing about the acreage, then we'll take a break and we'll come back and do actual articles of news. Uh, with the acreage, you have four kids, one on the way, right? Right. Uh, and, to be five. and so you'll have five. So five acres, five kids. When they misbehave, will you send them to their acre? Um, I hadn't considered that yet, but yes, I should divide the property into equal portions that so they can one day claim as their own. Yeah. And then they could be, I mean, outside of viruses spreading around the world there will be times that i'm going to want to socially distance these kids so yeah yeah, that's a great idea listen i don't have a kid i don't have a kid at home but i have all the answers uncle richard said you need to go to your space (laughs) no it's it has to be go to your your acre your acre okay i'll make i'll get it right when it's it's time you go to your the hard thing is my my property because of the subdivision that we're in and every every lot in the subdivision or I call it a subdivision but that doesn't that doesn't It's really an area describe. that's subdivided into 5 acre lots. Right. And so the the my particular 5 acre lot is shaped like a triangle. Uh, which is will make it harder to You know what? I think divide. I I think I saw this on a on a version of an old public television uh TV show uh, MathNet. There was a prospector, or, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he couldn't he couldn't figure out how to he couldn't figure out how to divide his land, and so it's the triangles and triangles. How can he make it equal? And and that's how you learn the the square distance of a triangle or some junk. Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, something. Yeah, maybe could be. That could be what that is. Make it make it a math lesson for your kids. My triangle's touching my brothers. Uh, stop touching my triangle. 
Let's take a break and come back and do actual articles of news. Hey, it's me, Richie T. I want to take a second and talk to you about best DJ in Utah, or I should really say right now, best guy who cleans out his carport and best guy who cleans out his storage unit and best guy who cleans out his carpenter studio and has done a lot of episodes of the cultural hall. Not a lot of DJing happening right now, as you can imagine. With the quarantine, it is the socially responsible thing to do. But I will promise you this. I bring the party. As soon as this is lifted, as soon as these rainy clouds of self-quarantine are gone, I will bring the party. Now, you're going to have a work party. Great. You're going to have a church party. I do the church parties, too. You're going to have a wedding or special day, or maybe you just want to have a post-corona party. I would love to be that DJ for that party. You can hit me up. You can get a quote. Simple and easy at bestdjinutah.com. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. I know we're going through a lot right now. Many states are quarantining people to their homes so that they have to work remotely. One of the things that's really important is to have a computer that's functioning correctly. One with a good webcam, one that's fast so you can be productive, one that has a good quality screen because you're going to be on this all day remotely. Computer supply has been strained because manufacturing has almost stopped. At PC Laptops, we've secured a limited quantity of laptop and desktop computers that are backed with a lifetime service guarantee. They're available for you right now in limited quantity. The great thing about PC Laptops is this. Once you buy your new computer, if you have any problems or questions, we're here to take care of you. Also, to make it really easy right now, we've arranged with some banks to offer 12 months special financing. Get into PC Laptops right now Because at PC Laptops, we're here for you, and we're in this together. PCLaptops.com. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Time for the second half of Articles of News. Now, within this second half, we are going to check in with Janae Manite and see how the internet at her house is. If you listened to our last Articles of News, what a train wreck that was. We'll check in with her. Also, we're going to check in with Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News. He's going to give us all about uh, the Daybell case up in Idaho uh, that was a Dayline special this last Friday night. Uh, Lori Daybell went back to court, and we're going to find out all about that. That will be at the tail end of this Articles of News. Uh, But first, hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Lots of news. It was slow at the first of the week. I get like these Google Alerts, Russ, that are like, "Here, here are the things that are happening. So I don't have to actually search it. It'll just send it to my email. Nothing a couple of days. Wow. Yeah, literally l- literally nothing. And then it, it sort of picked up as we got closer to adding this episode. I, I did do a thing uh, unrelated to this, but it, it helps with this. And I've done it for as long as I've been here in Texas. I have a Google News Alert set for Texas and Mormons. Huh. Because I'm always curious what we're up to here. Sure. And, and I think I think it's, you could probably you could do it for any place wherever you are in the world and you can find weird things that happen in 
other congregations. Just, you know, it's usually small town newspapers that pick up something about Steve is going on a mission to Cambodia or Steve's back from and, Cambodia. Do you have the words, the keywords Mormons? Because I might encourage you to open that up to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I, I set this again like a decade ago, this okay. alert. And so uh, back then it was appropriate. And it also still works because the people in the media are slow to adopt. Is there anything, let, maybe, maybe we start there, is there anything about Texas and Mormons we need to know about? Um, I haven't gotten alert for a while. They're okay. not super common. They come up every now and again. Um, most of the uh, the things I've seen lately, there were a couple things uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, different towns had missionaries come home from because of the uh, pandemic. And so it was interesting to hear, like it was just localized that story about, oh, this missionary from, Stephen F. Austin High School in whatever city in Texas is back from his mission because of the pandemic, and he's self-quarantining at home. Okay, that so, kind of stuff. so now, that's the, that's been the recent stuff. Not anything of great import. Well, uh, I mean, there there are a lot of stories we'll get to. We're going to talk a little bit about the shooting in New Zealand, uh, or I'm sorry, the arson in, in New Zealand and and its relation to the church. Quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, also talk about some uh, some more repercussions of COVID. And, and that's where this first one starts. But I, I think that this is kind of interesting. You know that the the going trend, if you are a YouTube person or a podcaster, you need to go online and do your own version of the Come Follow Me. That has become the new thing to do in, in 2020. And I'm not throwing shade on any particular organization or group. Uh, it is literally what seems like now everyone, you know, oh, yeah, hey, I've got this sort of following, and I'm also doing a come follow me. Come check this out. And uh, and with that, and I had not known about this until uh, LDS Living did an article about this this last week, there's also a huge push to do um, – it's not called sharing time anymore, is it? But the like the music with the kids, that part. The primary yeah. songs with kids, yeah, right? Yeah. So there are uh, are lots of like these these great people, and and why there's a story about it is Donny Osmond's son is one of them who is like leading the kids through a through a singing sharing time uh, via YouTube, and so you think, oh, cool, that's Donny Osmond's kid. There's one person who's doing it. There are hundreds. When is yours on? Uh, I have not done one yet. I'm trying to figure out a way that I can officially unofficially use the copyright of blues clues and incorporate it into a sharing <laughs> time. That's, that's sort of my hope. Wow. That's a, my mind spinning. Uh, Donnie's son. And I, I feel bad. I don't recognize, remember his name. He does a, a primary show or there's a series that he did at one point. That's currently on the uh, living scriptures app. Oh, cool. Uh, pri primary pals. And it's sort of like uh, it's him and another woman. And then they have, primary kids that are puppets that are like Sesame street ish. Hmm. So imagine if it was sharing time with Sesame street and he does it there and they sing songs about different things. They're not the primary songs, but they sing other church themed songs and do that. Our kids watch primary pals. I believe it's called. So but that's not new. That's that was from before, but it has definitely flexed into this time of coronavirus, And so people can check that out. Uh, we will never have to go to a church building again. I'm afraid that we might not want to after yeah. this. Well, I know that there Wait, are several there are several who have made that choice to not. Um, other things. Where did you want to go? What story did you want to hit up next? Um, I think the the news that 
pageants are canceled for the rest of the year. I don't oh. think anyone's surprised that obviously we're in pageant season right and heading right into there with the summer. Yeah. And and the church had been phasing them out to begin with. But I think the most interesting thing about the fact that pageants are canceled is that this year was to be the Hill Camorra's final pageant. It's like it's 83rd year. Yeah. Been doing it for they've been doing it since the last pandemic. <laughs> uh, Spanish but, flu didn't stop us last time. But no, I think it, I think it's interesting that uh, they're going to still do it again. This year was to be the last year of a lot of these pageants. With I think the exception was Nauvoo was going to continue after this. But going forward, they're going to do Nauvoo or not Nauvoo Palmyra next year for its final year. So they they're bringing it back one more time, even though they said they weren't going to do it after this year. But because of the pandemic, they're going to bring it back. Yeah, and and for just that one last time, it, it's actually heartbreaking. People will know from listening to the Cultural Hall, we had planned, that is, the Cultural Hall had planned a church history tour. There were listeners that were going to join us, and myself and my wife, we were going to go. Uh, I just, before we started recording this, got an email that said, hey, you know what, there's going to be an option to go in October. So we may have further details about that in October. Uh, I'm not able to go, so we have pivoted towards next summer. Because the big appeal for me was to be able to see the Hill Camorra pageant. My grandfather, when he served his mission, um, there was a short time when the Hill Camorra pageant wasn't done. And he was called as part of his mission to help sort of renew the Hill Camorra pageant. And so I have a great deal of interest in it. And when the pandemic came, I was like, there's no way we're getting together for a pageant this year. That's just like the most irresponsible thing that we could do. So it's good news that there are doing it again they're gonna say goodbye to it and one more time yeah but i didn't i i thought that they'd just be like guys we were getting rid of it anyway say good say goodbye to the hilkamore pageant so the fact that they're bringing it back in 2021 actually you know maybe it doesn't suit all the rest of you very well but i'm pretty excited about it no uh my family was planning a trip uh, originally we we talked about doing our spring break which in texas is march uh march 15th or so uh, we were going to go to New upstate New York with the idea to go to the Sacred Grove for the the anniversary year, the bicentennial year. And we, before this all happened in February, so we decided that it might be too cold to really enjoy upstate New York in March. Oh, good point. So we uh, we just shifted and we're going to go in the summer and our trip was going to line up with the Hill Camorra pageant. And so it's not anymore, but it's good that it's still around. I, I, I'd gotten excited to have that chance to see see it the last time. I, I grew up going to the Manti pageant and I was kind of bummed that I didn't get out there with my kids so they could see it, but I kind of really want them to go experience the Hill Camorra and all the stuff with that. So uh, the tour will be postponed and you can find more about that at CamorraTours.com. Uh, but the Hill Camorra pageant in 2021 will be the 8th through the 10th of July and the 13th through the 17th of 2021 yet to be decided when the cultural hall will do that part of the tour, but definitely check out Kamoratours.com If that's something that you're interested in doing, or if you wanted to get in on this year and you're like, Oh, we couldn't afford it. But now next year it's looking like it's something they could do. You know, additionally with that cancellation, they also canceled all 2020 youth camps and any sort of Trek reenactments. Those are all scratched as well as the tabernacle choir summer tour. Now, I don't want to question you, but okay. it wasn't the announcement with those those church campuses like it was generally and broadly like they're they're canceled unless you're in an area where it's you're able to do it and if you are you can be flexible and do it. Yeah, following yeah. the local guidance, like you could still have youth conference. You probably aren't going to be trek. Nobody's going to be doing a trek this year, right? 
But I mean, I don't not, like, like not in the United States. That's not happening in the United States. So when you're talking in like their own area, I've got to think you're meaning places like on the continent of Africa. There are lots of places that have no cases and have not engaged in that. So if a particular congregation there wanted to do some sort of youth camp in the summertime, like that obviously would occur. But no, I don't think anywhere where the virus is penetrated at all. I, I get the feeling the church is saying, we don't need the liability. Do not do this. You're right. You're right. I'm looking at their announcement now, and I'm, I'm seeing that I misread the part where it talked about when guidelines for such, it says guidelines for such activities will be provided when the restrictions are lifted. And in some places, the restrictions are, are, are being lifted. It says if overnight youth camps are desired, could be used before. Yeah. Yeah. And no so, more camp. I really wanted to go on track this year. Yeah. Were you going to be a ma or a pa? Uh, uh, not, no, neither. I, we weren't doing Trek this year. Our stake does a, a missionary prep camp okay. youth conference. And, uh, my wife and I were zone leaders, uh, last year and had a group of kids that we took through a missionary experience. I have no camp. idea what that would be like. What is that like? Um, well, they, it was interesting cause this was the first, they've done it with just the young men every year for the last five or so years here they called it camp helaman mm-hmm. which was and they kind of functioned it almost like an mtv mtv yeah i love it i love the idea of an mtv downtown like julie brown was like, there yeah like wubble, a wubble, wubble, like wubble. a like a reality show it's gathered around a pool it's spring break yeah people line up and like carson daly's there asking him what number one will be all, um, the, all these people are like who are these people they had music on television what um, no, they, they, they kind of originally ran it like the MTC and they'd break these groups of young men down into districts and zones and they'd, you'd go through the missionary guide and you'd, you'd learn how to teach a discussion and the, the, the camp experience kind of culminates when uh, the two young men from your group or two people from your group go out and teach a lesson to a family from the stake. And so that's kind of what we did. We kind of walked them through that. And this is the first time they made it co-ed. And so we had a group of young sisters and young brothers that went to this camp together and studied and we taught them discussions, gave them tips on how to teach and like really got the experience of what you do. And then they went to, I had basically a dinner appointment with a member family in the stake and then taught a lesson. That's pretty cool. What a great hands-on opportunity for sure. And they, in the past, they've done it with missionaries. Like they, they, they send the missionaries out with, with these youth almost like on a split thing. I don't <laughs> believe they call them that exchange. I don't know, whatever they call it. They missionaries would go out to the, and they go tracting and do things like that, but that's not really a thing they do anymore. So they went and had dinner and taught lessons to members. So we did that in the past, which was fun, but I guess that won't be happening this year. Hmm. Uh, the Tabernacle Choir, their tour that was supposed to be uh, the 25th of June through the 16th of July will now take place in 2021. Uh, they're going to Stockholm, Helsinki, Denmark, uh, Norway, uh, Wales, and uh, also Edinburgh, Scotland. It'll go to all the same cities, but that will be in now 2021. And also the Days of 47. It's the parade and the rodeo and all the things. That has been postponed as well. That is the Utah one of Utah's oldest traditions. The parade is scheduled typically for the 24th of July, which is Utah's Pioneer Day. Um, they... Because that's when Joseph Smith, or not Joseph Smith, that's not when Joseph Brigham Smith. Young said, yeah. this is the place. Although technically, I think he said it days before, whatever. 
That's just a technicality. It doesn't matter. We want to have a holiday. We want to have a parade. The 24th sounded great, right? Because they entered the valley on the 24th. But he actually right. said this is the right place like the day before or two days before. But we, we need Don't not. Don't ruin the Disney-esque video version of the founding of Utah that resides in my head. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. It says postponed, which makes me think they may try and do it later in 2020. They're going to do it in October, the days of October 47. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it it should be interesting, and it will be interesting to see if it actually takes place or if at that point they're just like, yeah, guys, we'll get it. We'll catch it next year. Um, a couple of service opportunities that I've been- You'll per- have to work that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You, it's not a state holiday in October. Blame COVID. Um, has your wife or anyone in your ward or anyone in your stake or have you or any gentleman in your stake uh, been a part of the big uh, making masks drive? Um, I don't, I, I haven't personally. Uh, I know, no, no, nobody that I know of here. I know people have made masks, not on a large scale basis though. So I, as I understand it, um, especially here in Utah, like they, every week they're signing up uh, people to make 10,000 masks a week or something ridiculous within the Relief Society. Their hope is to make upwards of like 5 million masks. And it's like a coveted position to be able to be one of these volunteers. My ward here in Salt Lake has uh, a Facebook page and a woman was on it last night that's like, can someone please let me know when this sign-up list becomes active? Because I've tried to sign up the last couple of weeks and and I side messaged her. I was like, "You can you can still make masks. You can just find a different place to give them away. But it's a huge, uh, a huge effort that's being put together um, by the Intermountain Healthcare, which is uh, kind of one of the hospital organizations in the state of Utah, with um, the Relief Society of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Daughters of the Utah Pioneers, all sorts of organizations coming together to to make all these masks. And a lot of them will be here in the state of Utah, but a lot of them will also go, you know, other places as well. But like 5 million masks is ridiculous. That's so many. It's needed, but that's so many. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine the pile of masks and the amount of material and all, all the stuff in, involved in that, but it only scratches the need, right? Mm-hmm. There's hundreds of millions of people in our country alone. So you got to have masks and you if gotta you have a couple. And if you haven't seen this, uh, I know you've got the kids and probably one, if not all, have at least seen, if not love the Frozen movies. Um, we've spent some time in Arendelle. Yes. Disney. Just today, if you go to shopdisney.com, you can get Disney made CDC approved masks with all of your favorite Disney characters. And they look great. Like Baby Yoda uh, they've got the, uh, you know, the Mandalorian, they've got all of your Marvel characters. They've got all of the princesses. They've got sizes for kids and for adults. It's, I mean, it's capitalism at its best. Yeah. I am sure glad that the church owns stock in Disney because I know that we're going to make a little bit on those dividends right there. Um, all the ones we've lost on the, uh, the, the theatrical screenings of the movies that have been canceled. Sure. Sure. Uh, other other things that uh, the church has helped out with, we mentioned on our Facebook page, and if you're not following us on Facebook, make sure you do, that they recently donated 42,000 pounds of food um, to one food bank, I want to say, that was in the South. Uh, more than 300 church members helped tornado victims in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
Uh, they recently had a, a tornado, and it was interesting. You know, we are the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but the picture of the people from the church that we're helping wearing the yellow vests, the Mormon helping hands, and it said Mormon. I looked specifically. You can find the link at theculturalhall.com. They're still using the Mormon helping hands. They haven't updated the vests. Yeah. Uh, and then I want to share this article just because I love the location of this particular place. Uh, the groundbreaking for the Feather River Temple. It's in California. Uh, and I'm not sure which actually which actual temple this is because I know I would remember if President Nelson said Feather, Feather River. River. Yeah, that's I, I. Yeah, what are they really calling it? It's the a U- lot of these a lot of the temples are are not built in the actual city that you associate with them, right? Like they could be in suburbs of large cities. Like the Houston Temple is in Spring, and others are in different. But they're you, you get named the the city closest, right? Yeah. So this one is the Yuba City, California temple, um, okay. but it's actually in Feather River, which I love to use as an expletive now when I like bump myself or you know I'm doing a home project and I hurt myself. Do you use your prospector voice? Ah, Feather River. Perfect. Yes. And then uh, another one. This is from uh, the Salt Lake Tribune, and I know people that uh, that I don't understand will say, "Well, the Salt Lake Tribune, of course, they would write an article about something like this." Um, they have a great article. Find the link at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode about the Shanghai Temple. A lot of people surprised uh, about the Shanghai Temple when President Nelson said, "Hey." We're gonna we're being respectful of the religion of the land, and it will be part of a multi-purpose use. This and it has to be for people who are natives of this country, and this and all these things, right? That he went into particulars with the Shanghai Temple. Well, uh, two different times, social media outlets from Shanghai have said, "No, no, we we have no idea. We have no idea what they're talking about." People that would need to approve it, or at the very least, be aware of it have no idea and have said no we don't know we don't we don't know what this is in reference to we don't know where they think it's going we have not seen the approval which isn't to say that it, it couldn't come from a higher place you know president nelson has met with chinese <laughs> leaders that are higher than the shanghai folks but who's higher than president nelson yeah, well depending on <laughs> depending on uh, on it came from a higher place yeah well well maybe that's what i was getting at I mean, nothing's impossible, and I'm not poo-pooing it, but it is interesting, similar to like what we saw in Utah, where I think it was when they announced Taylorsville and they announced Orem, uh, the Taylorsville mayor, a.k.a. my aunt, said, hey, welcome, welcome, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Temple. We'd love to have you there. And the mayor of Orem was like, we don't know what they're talking about. We don't know. We don't know where that is. So I, I, I know I, I got to think with Utah that there's there's probably a degree of assumption that you can get whatever you want done as far as building a temple. Like we're yeah. going to announce we're going to build one in a place and even any most places in the United States, like they don't generally announce the exact location at conference. They announce a city and mm-hmm. then people guess and what, where is it going to be? Where's it going to be? And then I'm sure in the before they announce that where it's going to be, they get the logistics of it all worked out. Um, I think with China, they would have had to have something more concrete to in place before like announcing that, that they had something. And I would assume that it would be something higher up the food chain. I know. And I think in a lot of places they wouldn't necessarily want 
a lot of people to know the details so that people aren't speculating more or trying to, I don't know, land prospect. I don't, I don't know. But in China, I think, I think even, even if you had permission from people, I think just the way things are and have changed even since the conference, who knows? I, I, it will be interesting to see it happen, but to say that it, it won't, it won't be fast. I don't think, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like well, it well, may take time. Well, and it's not the first time either, because as I understand it, the temple in Russia, right? Like, uh, that is like, Hey, we announced a temple in Russia and, and it was sort of like, a we want to put one in Russia, not here's where it is. City block right. time for groundbreaking. Like they announced it, but it is, it is far, far from being constructed. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, what other stories do you have that you wanted to hit? Our time well, think, is, is waning. I think, I guess for me, this, uh, staying at home, I, I've, I've, seen a lot of shows right you spend a lot of time with netflix mm-hmm. i haven't as much as i would have liked to because there's more than me in my house um but uh binge watching shows is kind of a thing you get on netflix and you especially if you're watching documentaries about weird things that have happened you occasionally you'll be watching a show and you'll find that some crazy thing happened and a member of the church was involved and you whoa what that person's a member of the wow who knew and for me that happened uh, while watching the show McMillions, which is an HBO on-demand show, yeah, it's an HBO documentary. But HBO has made their app free for anyone to to use it, so you can jump on HBO and and watch it if you'd like. Now, I was fascinated with the McMillions story to begin with, just because uh, as a kid in the '90s, uh, I loved Monopoly at McDonald's more than anything. It was my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. We would go. We would go to McDonald's at least in the early games. Like you'd get a you'd get a game piece. Not it wouldn't be stuck to food. Like you just had to make a purchase and they'd give you a game piece. And so we would always go to the McDonald's in Spanish Fork and get a box of cookies because that was the cheapest thing you could get off their menu. And they'd give you a game piece. We'd collect them and do everything. And I never knew. It was one of those things. Like when do how old were you when you learned that something happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing was rigged. Yeah, the the whole and I and I didn't know that because the the case was broken and the people were arrested and all of that happened while I was serving a mission, so I missed it all. Then the trials happened kind of in the shadow of nine eleven, and so like I I had missed the whole thing. I never knew that it was rigged until I don't know a couple of years ago. I, I caught an article. I was like, wait, that whoa, whoa. so it kind of it shocked me. But anyways, they did they did a documentary about this case and the story, and it's pretty pretty fascinating stuff the way they they put this case together and they've got this you know it's almost like a mob like syndicate running this thing and the guys getting the pieces and selling them to people and uh in about the third or fourth episode uh, a member of the church gets involved and uh, he finds some uh, he finds a friend of his to purchase a ticket you'd buy a ticket and i mean it's a kind of a good investment right sure give you buy a, it and me- then you get part of the winnings you give me a hundred thousand dollars, I'll give you a million dollar winning ticket. That's a, a a decent thing, which which really in the scheme of things is a bad investment because the way that they pay out the million dollars like right fifty thousand a year forever. And you for end up years. getting stuck with the taxes, but the taxes and yeah, so they're like I mean there's people in this the, the the show that like their lives are just destroyed even before they were arrested because they like they didn't get the money, they had to pay for it and then they had to be all these tax liabilities and you know and then everybody thinks you're rich yeah but you're not really and so but it's a great story but there's this guy in it who uh he's a member of the church and he's just like 
there's this guy that if you when you watch the show and you see this guy he's been in every ward i've ever been in yeah <laughs> like he is uh he is that quintessential no like, white baker is his guy he he's he's been you're in your high priest group since 2000 like this guy he's just and it, and it said in the show that he in the, I, I don't want to spoil it but in the, towards the end he like still says like that he he was excommunicated because of what he his involvement in this thing and hasn't been able to get baptized again yet but he's still working towards that so it was it's a fascinating uh church related twist on a a really interesting story that if you're at all interested in criminal cases and true life documentary stuff it was really fascinating and i and the, that connection to the church was really bizarre and i mean ultimately he wasn't a big person in it and the the white collar crimes don't really get sentenced to big prison sentences but it was an interesting thing and it amazing how many lives were destroyed because of people stealing boardwalk yeah the big thing about that is man they the the people that made that show really felt like they had to make a lot of episodes out of it because you will watch it and you'll just be like this is one hour two hours max why is this six one-hour episodes? Have you watched it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we almost didn't watch it. I, j- I had just heard so much uh, good about it that I just was like, man, I don't I don't know that I can. I mean, it got, it got I, I felt at one point that, it, like, wow, that, that was a stretch because they set up one episode like this Mormon guy's going to murder somebody. Mm-hmm. He's going to murder her. And the FBI is legitimately freaking out that this guy is going to murder somebody. Yeah. And and then like the resolution of it in the next episode is like Uncle Jim chuckling about how they thought I was going to murder him. I was bringing him a figgy pudding. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. the equivalent of it. it was, but it was really I, I don't know. That's that's been a fun thing for me during uh, quarantine is is seeing random members of the church sometimes do bad things and sometimes do good things. So I'm going to punt one of my articles down the road. Maybe we'll do it next time. It's uh, What Do Mormons Believe? The Complete Guide. Actually, maybe I'll just mention just a quick thing. I thought it was interesting the way that this article was written. It's um, it's a guest writing on this particular website. Again, find the link at theculturalhall.com um, where like just the simplicity of, of how they write about it, I just love. Like, for example... Um, I'll read the, the first two paragraphs. In 1820, a young boy, Joseph Smith, who was 14 years old at the time, went to the woods to pray because he was confused. He said that while he was praying, two, vi- two personages visited him uh, that he identified as Jesus Christ and God the Father, and they told him not to join any of the churches. Like, it's all, our, all sort of our line, but it just seems to be really simple. Then three years later, in 1823, an angel visited him, told him about an ancient record, and then five years later, he retrieved those records and began translating them. I don't know, like, it, there's not anything groundbreaking in, in in this, but, like, it was so simplistically written. Like, when we think of Joseph Smith history and the Pearl of Grey Price, it's it, it's a lot more wordy. And so I really liked it. it was like, well, he, he believed he saw God and Jesus, and they told him not to join the church. So then he met an angel, and then he got Four plates. times in one night. Yeah. <laughs> Will you let me sleep, he said. Um, other things real quick as we get to the end of this. Uh, tens of thousands of Latter-day Saints missionaries who recently returned home um, were given the choice whether or not they wanted to go back to their ri- original or temporary assignment. Well, leaders in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints set April 30th as a deadline for these young proselyters to make a choice. Uh, so they have now had to make their choice. They've made their bed. Now uh, they are going to have to sleep in it. 
and the process of reassigning these missionaries to missions in their home countries is now underway, and several have restarted have started receiving their new assignments. So if you have uh, had missionaries that have come back to your ward or to your stake, and they opted to go back out, a lot of them won't. Uh, all missionaries who, whether or not they go back out or they stay home, they'll be released honorably, regardless of how long they served. Um, but if they are, if they have made the choice to go back out, those reassignments have started to go back out, and it's reassigned within your own country where you reside. I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm imagining I'm going to see quite a few of those in Texas. I yeah, I would I would for sure, especially stateside here in the United States. Um, you are going to see a lot of missionaries. It'll be a, the the dinner the dinner appointment question will be, oh hey Elder Stedman, how long have you been out? How long have you been out here? Yeah, how long have you been out in Texas this second time? Uh, there was a great virtual fireside. I just want to hit the bold points on this because I thought they were great. It's for missionaries who have come home because of the pandemic. Um, the speakers uh, included uh, Hank Smith, Anthony Sweat, the Nashville Tribute Band, Brittany Fisher, Frank, Laurel Christensen. Uh, and it's all just uh, various one-hour virtual firesides that Deseret Book did. But these are points for those that have returned home from mission uh, to be able to uh, kind of cling and hold on to as they go through this time. Number one, trust that the, he- the Heavenly Father is pleased that you decided to serve and that you did serve. Uh, don't feel like you've let anyone down or disappointed them. They obviously share more from this fireside, but I feel like that's a great point to mention. Um, acknowledge the real burden of a Helam moment. Uh, Hank Smith described the feelings that missionaries must have had with a sudden abrupt change in their lives or that Helam moment. Um, so really getting to know what that is. That one in particular is a really great uh, piece that he did. Uh, live the summative covenant, which is Anthony Sweat, a previous guest of the Cultural Hall. Uh, he talked about essentially the what now, the list of do's and don'ts, but beyond that, just how to be able to live in the gospel now that we're not so structured. Um, the fourth one is accept the unexpected, uh, which I think is sort of self-explanatory. And then the fifth tip for those that have come home and, and may not go back out or, or may go back out, uh, realize that you were called to the work. So I thought that was of particular import, and you should check that out. That's, that is linked at theculturalhall.com. And then this, and don't forget, still in this episode, going to check in with Janae and find out how the internet or house is. That was a train wreck last week. Did you listen, Russ? I did not. Yeah, it's a disaster. It's why, it's why you spend bigger money on uh, on uh, internet services at your house. And we'll check in with uh, our friend Nate Eaton from the East Idaho knows about the Daybell case. Uh, this, Jacob Lowenstein, do you remember this? Does that name sound familiar to you? It does not, no. Uh, he is. Um, he lives in New Zealand, and right around the time of the mosque shootings, he burned down two LDS church buildings. This was in Christchurch uh, in New Zealand. Uh, Lonestein drove a stolen car to a Latter-day Saints church in Upper Rickerton, poured petrol or gasoline for you friends in the United States, uh, over a couch and carpet in the lounge and then lit some paper with a lighter and dropped it into the gasoline. It, ha- it burned half the building. 
and then on March 13th, he drove to Greymouth or Greymouth, uh, where he set fire to the Latter-day Saints church that was there on Main South Road. Uh, the cost of the damage was about $700,000. And now why this is in the news is he's started talking. And one of the things that um, that has come out of his sort of public appearance and public discussion of this is how he's very um, upset that the fact that he that he burned these churches, but because of the mass shooting uh, in Christchurch that he was overshadowed. It, it wasn't guilt. It was. Yeah. No, I mean, oh. so, so I mean, he's obviously a, um, a sick individual who I hope gets the help that he needs, but like it, it was, and I'm glad that you leapt to that. And as far as your mind goes, this is not a person that's like, Oh my gosh, I feel terrible for what I did. I mean, it's, like the, the way you, you set it up, he's like, he was just, he's just been so upset after being in prison that more people don't know who he is. Uh, that really is what it is. And so there's a secondhand part of this discussion where it's, you know, should we talk about even mentioning these people's names when we report stuff like this in the media? Because for him, a large part of why he did this is he wanted to garner that attention from this horrible act that he did. Yeah, I, there's goodness sakes. That's a, I mean, I, I, from a journalist standpoint, because that's what I did professionally, like the whole name them thing becomes, I, I, I have, I go both ways on whether to do it or not. Mm-hmm. But I mean, outside of this guy, can you name lots of people who received notoriety for burning churches? Like, is that a thing you get famous for? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, like, it's not like there's, I mean, they talk about people doing it as copycats too. Right. You don't want to name them because they'll become copycats. But I mean, it's not like, well, I can't even remember his name and you said it to me like a minute ago. Yeah. So it's like, maybe if I was crazy, I'd be like, oh yeah, uh, I want to be like blooming something in New Zealand and burn a church and get famous. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, it, I mean, it's, it's the very epitome and I'm glad that you naturally went to that where it was, this is an unrepentant person for this thing that he's done. And, you know, and then to the part where I said where, you know, you, you hope he gets the help that he needs because that's a terrible thing. And something is a little bit off. And by a little, I mean a lot when you're saying, oh, hey, no, I'm not sorry. Why don't more people care about the fact that I did this and and unabashedly saying, you know, this 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 um, this massacre at a mosque overshadowed what I did. It's just it it's part of what sort of makes me sick in the world. Well, on that cheery note. Yeah, well, thanks for being here to do a little bit of news, Russ. For sure. I'm going to go back to watching my binge shows and drinking my newly restored well water. And we're going to check in really quick with Janae. When last we chatted, her internet was so terrible. Can I hear you, Richie? We had to let her go. <laughs> can't, can't hear you at all. And she really can't hear me. She can't hear. She hasn't been able to figure out how to get her speaker on her computer working. Janae will chat with you. Your mouth is moving. Your arms are waving. Nothing. We we will chat with you sometime when you can figure out how to use Zoom. All right. He snuck away from his kids. He's in a minivan in his driveway. It's Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News. Check it out at eastidahonews.com. Giving us the update in the uh, Daybell case out of Idaho. Uh, Pretty cool to see you on Dateline uh, just the other night. That was was pretty awesome. Congratulations. They've been working. We've actually been working together since December when this story broke. And 
uh, it's nice, I think, for them because we're here locally on the ground, able to, you know, make connections every day. And then they have resources that, that we don't quite have here. So now they've done two specials with this story. Who knows? They might end up with a dozen or so episodes about this particular case. And I, I feel it that we would miss an opportunity if we don't take a chance to shout out your ginger friend from Dateline who never says anything. Let's give him the notoriety he deserves. That's Eric Grossarth. And, and one of the news conferences that we were streaming live, I needed a microphone from the car. So he ran out. He came back in and he didn't want to walk in front of all the cameras. So he started to crawl across the floor. What he didn't know is that all the cameras caught it. So on Twitter, someone came up with the name <laughs> Crawling Ginger. Yes. So the Crawling Ginger, Eric Grossarth. Yay. So beside crawling, what, since last we chatted, which I believe was about the 18th of March, what are the new up-to-date uh, information in this case? Probably the most significant update is that the prosecutor in Fremont County, Idaho, has asked the attorney general to take over the investigation into the death of Tammy Daybell. That's Chad's first wife. Mm -hmm. And as part of the investigation, Chad and Lori, his new wife, are being investigated for conspiracy, attempted murder, and murder into the death of Tammy Daybell. Now, they have not been charged for any of those crimes, mm -hmm. but it is significant that the top prosecutor in the state the attorney general is investigating both of them for connections to that case, which which we learned about two or three weeks ago. And and that means that they're going to look at all this and, and there could potentially be arrests for Tammy's death. Which before we just sort of were like, well, that feels a little oogie or that may be more than coincidence. And anyone who jumps to conclusions were like, yeah, totally. He did it. But there was nothing more concrete until just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there's been nothing in relation to that investigation. Of course, we're still waiting on that autopsy. And I think a lot of people were waiting for that autopsy to come back to see if there was anything suspicious in Tammy Daybell's system. But we know that behind the scenes, the prosecutor has been looking into this, at least in Fremont County. you got to remember, this is a very small county. It's, it's her and one deputy, maybe two, and that, that's it. And to take on a case of this size, she simply told the attorney general, I don't have the resources mm -hmm. and the manpower, and this would take who knows how long, what's this going to turn into? You've seen the international press this case is getting already. If it comes out that those guys are charged with murder, it's only going to elevate the attention that, that's brought in. So this, this could be interesting to see how the attorney general takes the case from here. And just a quick pickup for people who don't know, uh, Tammy Daybell, a relatively young person, died in her sleep. Suspicious at very least, but like there's not any other thought that it was something grander, right? Like uh, she had no history of heart issues or anything like that. No, very healthy, 49 years old, the school librarian, everybody loved her. I think it would be one thing if, if you passed away and, and that was it, but add in the fact that two weeks later, Chad marries Lori in Hawaii and none of their family members are there, mm -hmm. that they got a large chunk of money from Tammy's life insurance policy that the police say they have been using to survive, to live. And also the fact that a few weeks before her death, we obtained some surveillance footage of Chad and Lori at a local storage unit moving and taking items out. They obviously were involved in some sort of relationship, even if it was just a friendship at that point. Uh, so yeah, the timeline in and around that her death is very uh, suspicious, coincidental. I don't know what you want to call it, but there's some questions there. As we move forward, you talk about the autopsy. What are other things that will make this case sort of develop further? 
Well, yeah, we're waiting on that autopsy. We're waiting on the autopsy of Lori's brother, who was shot in uh, down in Arizona on July 11th. The interesting thing is that the preliminary hearing is a big deal coming up in July 9th and 10th here in, in Eastern Idaho. That's where the state will go in and say, against Lori and say, listen, here's all our evidence as to why she has deserted her children. They'll call witnesses, potentially up to 50. They will lay it all out. And then the judge will say, okay, there is enough here to advance this to a higher court and take it to a jury, or there's not enough here to advance it. So that's going to be the big deal there in July. Now, a lot could happen with this case. You never know. I mean, a week from now, this could all be over. A lot could happen between now and July where maybe Chad's arrested. Maybe Lori faces additional charges. Maybe we all hope the children are found. So those are kind of the the big things we're waiting on next. And your guess is as good as mine as as far as what what happens. There was a big call out by the FBI to get any pictures from the particular days in uh, Yellowstone. As to your knowledge, has anything real come of of any of that stuff that was turned over? They've received a lot of of tips. They've received a lot of photos. They've received a lot of video, which is what they asked for. And, and, you know, that was an interesting call out because the FBI generally does not comment about things until after a case. For them to actually send out a news release with photos and set up a specific website to say, send us anything that you may have seen in the park that day. That's significant and obviously points out that they are looking at that spot. I don't I don't have an exact number as to how many tips they received, but I do know that they, they have received quite a few. And there are people not connected to this case at all that are spending hours and days going through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, and websites, scouring every frame of video and, and pictures, just trying to help any way they can and trying to see if they can, you know, maybe find any sign of those kids. So there could potentially be some searches up there with law enforcement. Of course, the park is closed to the public right now because of COVID-19, but law enforcement, I think, could probably get around. Uh, yeah, well, and I was going to say, so for all we know, they could very well be searching. They Maybe. could, and, and they, they, ha- they probably have other sites, you know, in and around our area that they're looking at. I could drive five, 10 minutes from my house right now and hide something if I needed to hide it pretty good, and it could probably never be found. You hmm. know, Eastern Idaho is very rural and a lot of farmland, a lot of land that's never been explored. So yeah, it would be easy to to discard something and, and maybe never have it be found. It's pretty small town. Is it something that everyone is still talking about or is that sort of worn off and, and now only you know, if there's something big? It went, I think it kind of dipped down with COVID, mm-hmm. with coronavirus. And now since she, Lori appeared in court Friday, and to have a bond reduction. And I got to say, that was a three-hour hearing. I I haven't seen anything like that ever. What do you mean? Why? Uh, well, her attorney argued that, uh, that there were some, he was unable to properly meet with his client in the jail because of COVID-19 restrictions. They mm-hmm. have to meet between glass. And so he argued that uh, Lori and Chad don't have the means to meet her $1 million bond because Chad's books aren't selling right now. Mm-hmm. Nobody's buying books. Well, sure. And, so, and she isn't employed. And so um, anyway, bond hearings are normally five, 10 minutes. This one went for three hours. There, there was a lot that her attorney tried to say, and he was trying his hardest to get the judge to lower that bond. And she did not. So that's, you know, what happened just a few days ago. And that peaked interest. The Dateline show peaked interest because we heard from Lori's niece, Melanie, for the very first time. 
And it was interesting in, in her portrayal. So I think people are now talking about it again. A lot of people want to know what's next and what's going to happen at this big hearing in two months. Well, looking forward to that. If anything happens between now and then, I hope you'll join us again in the Cultural Hall. Uh, if people want to get caught up on this story, they can go to eastidahonews.com and read all of your great reporting and the Crawling Ginger's great reporting. <laughs> That's there as well. Uh, we'll let you climb out of the minivan and get back to hey. your kids. Thanks for thanks for taking well, a couple minutes. This is kind of nice. I'm yeah. just kind of nice. It's quiet in here, you know? I would just recline that seat back and just tell them that you're resting your eyes. That's all. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. Thank you. You too. Well, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body and that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week and that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back row.